Good morning, everybody. It is a privilege to be here this morning uh, to give you guys a uh, quick lesson, a little bit of time that we have. I think just to quickly not to go over the song again, um, but again, just to pause very quickly. Isn't that hard in the day and age we live in now to be still, just to calm down, breathe in the, in the hustle and bustle of life? I mean, there's, there's shouting going around. There's, uh, I mean, just if you speak about family, there's kids shouting and food being messed. And I mean, there's just a lot going on. And then if you open up, up to, the, to the world, I mean, when you step out of your, the confounds of your home, you get faced with a, a lot of trials. I mean, there's a lot going on in this world. There's a lot of noise. Um, and it's sometimes so important just to, like Sunday mornings, guys, that's why we do this, is, is to be still. Just, just forget about the week. Just forget about life in general. And we're here for a reason. We're here to glorify God. And, and it's so hard to take this and to, to remember this throughout the week because everything is fighting for your attention. There's, there's so many things that says, just don't be still. I need you here, but, but do this. Remember that. Take care of this. Don't forget that. And, and, and we can't step away from that because that is just life. So I am going to point back to the song uh, in, in, in a moment, but I want to share with you guys a couple of, um, a couple of pointers here this morning. And this, this name of the sermon or the lesson, call it what you want, is called Level Up. Because it's time to level up. What I just said, we cannot get past that. We cannot go around the busyness of life. We cannot go under the busyness of life. We have to go through it. And you know what? Sometimes if you're not prepared for it, it will get the better of you. All right? We don't expect, I don't expect my two-year-old to step into work Monday morning and step out of work Friday morning and be kind of the beautiful, precious thing she is today. The world and the work will ruin her. I don't expect that of her, but I do expect her of what a two, if what, if what, um, I do expect of her the things that a two-year-old needs to do now. And just like that, unfortunately, life is not that patient with you. All right, you have to go through a couple of storms. You'll have to learn a couple of lessons as you go. But sometimes it's time to level up. Um, and I think before we get into this, I, I just would like to have a, a quick word of prayer. Lord, thank you that we can step into your, your house this morning. Father, I do pray and ask that you would come down here, Father. Meet with us, change us, Lord. Um, Lord, prepare our hearts. God, you know what these people need. You know, you know what, what we need, Lord. Um, God, please, would you give that uh, to us this morning, Father. We do, we do plead with you, Lord, not to leave us to ourselves. God, please give us something. Give us a nugget, Lord, that will sustain us, God, that will bring us through... Lord, the hard time, whatever it is, Lord, that, the, that, that we're facing, God, might, might you help us and guide us, Father. And As this hymn says, Lord, might we take a deep breath, God, and, and be still this morning, Father. Turn our focus to you and to your word. God, and, and again, Lord, thank you. It, it is a privilege. We don't want to neglect that, Father. We want to take good care of that. We trust in you that you would guide us and show us this morning, Lord, what you want to show us from your word. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 So very quickly, through, through the Bible, we read in, in, in John 5, if, if you know your Bible at all, we know that's the, the pool of Bethesda, that whole story. And we read there, in a certain season, an angel came and he troubled the water. And you know what? Sometimes God comes and in your life, he troubles the water. There is a, a story in Mark 4 where, where God told, or Jesus told the disciples, launch out into the deep, go over to the other side. 
um, and he was in the boat, but he fell asleep. And at some point, that water was troubled. There was a storm. Jesus was safely sleeping at the back, and they woke him up and said, Lord, do you not care that we perish? And he stood up and said, just peace be still. Again, those water were troubled, hey? I mean, I would have been afraid probably as well. They're human. And, and please, if you sit here this morning and you're going through something and you're afraid, don't think that that's a sin. That's perfectly normal. What you do with that is it determines if it, if it goes down the sinful path or not. We, we can be afraid, but the moment we turn to God and say, Lord, maybe not in that tone, but Lord, do you not care that I die? I mean, I'm going through something rough here, but God does care. In Acts 27, there's a whole list where Paul um, and, and a couple of the other guys, they have a, have a boat route that they go through. And again, the story ends where the boat is, is, is I think, launched into rocks. So the, the hinder part of the boat is crashed. Again, I mean, if you speak fig- figuratively, those waters were troubled, right? I mean, these guys were going through, through, through rough things. And the last thing I want to show you here is, is in Mark 6 where uh, Jesus walked on the water. And again, Jesus told the disciples, go over unto the other side. He knew that the winds would be contrary to them. But he still sent them the, uh, on that side. And, and sometimes, and I don't want to make a blanket statement here, but sometimes, guys, God takes you through troubled times. God takes you through those times, and that is an opportunity for you to level up. That is not something where God wants to push you down and say, why are you doing this? Well, that's not a punishment. It is an opportunity. And I want to make a statement kind of in parentheses here as well, that, you know, a lot of times we bring the trouble on ourselves, right? There, there are some times where we step up into life and, and just like kids, you know, I mean, if you want to try and help them, they're like, no, no, I want to do this on my own. And you, when you step back out of the room and you kind of just look, what are they doing? And five minutes later, they're like, daddy, help. And, and kind of it's the same with us. God's there to say, but I have this perfectly planned out route for you. If you just listen to me and if we just go through this, if I say perfect, I mean complete. It doesn't mean like, like it's not going to be rough, but God will t- still take you through those. And I want to make sure that if you're going through a tough time this morning, and I bet 90% of the church, if I ask that question, you'll be able to raise your hand in some form of another. You're going through something today. And that's life. We have an option to either sit and just be beaten on the head the whole time by this problem or this challenge, or we can rise up and say, you know what, it's time. I need to level up. And I want to give you three quick points this morning just in terms of the leveling up process. And I'm going to, spoiler alert here, but I'm going to give you the three points and and I'm going to try and, 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 and go through them in a way that will really help us. But the first thing what I want to point out here this morning is leveling up takes patience. Never in your life, we don't ever expect anybody to step into life and do it perfectly. We don't, we expect that of ourselves, right? Right, we look at ourselves and say, why did you get this right? It's the fifth time, why didn't you get this right? And we keep on beating ourselves over the head if we, if we make mistakes. Guys, that's normal. How can I expect, again, of my two-year-old to know the things that I'm knowing today? I mean, there's, there's kind of a gap between there, and we'll look at that verse later in Romans, but where the experience part steps in. And if you neglect that, going through the troubles, you're just going to stay there. You're going to go through the same motions, the same iterative approach, where you're going to go through troubles, troubles, not learn anything. Go through troubles, not learn anything. Go through troubles, not learn anything. And I think the moment we step into that to say, breathe, be patient, it is what it is. I mean, I mean, If it's raining, I can't do anything about it, so I might as well make peace with it. So just wait patiently 
for this season to go past and learn what you can. The second point that I'm going to make here this morning is once the, the leveling up, that, that, that it takes patience, once that has been kind of fulfilled, that leads to perfection. And I will explain the perfection that I am talking about. You will not step out of here perfect, like perfect, like we understand perfect, but perfect in God's eyes. And, and we're working towards that. And the last point that I want to bring up then is leveling up brings peace. And again, that will refer to that verse in Romans where the experience part speaks volumes in this. The moment we can stop after we've gone through a couple of these um, trials, these, these troubling water times, we can look back and say, but wait a minute, I'm, I'm seeing a, a couple of, uh, what's the word, um, uh, common denominators in here. I'm struggling, I'm panicking, but God, He's at full peace and He's always in control. And the moment I look back at those instances, I can say, but Lord, I, why am I not trusting in you more? Well, why am I not putting my faith into you more? And again, I don't fault you for that. I don't fault myself. Well, I fault myself for that, but I don't fault you for that. But going through, through, through life and experiencing, experiencing these tough times, we need to prep ourselves for that. We as a body of the body of Christ need to be ready for that because God uses that to equip us to better minister to the people, or to well, the people, the, the lost crowd out there, if, if, if you would. Uh, take your Bibles, and we're going to start off in Hebrews chapter number 5. <clears throat> Just want to lay a little bit of groundwork before I get to the first point here. Hebrews chapter 5. And I think the, the point that I'm, I'm going to try and make here is we have a responsibility in all of this. Um, you cannot just sit back and say, well, all right, God, I'm going through a tough time. Show me what I need to... You have to graft. You have to kind of work through this. Um, I mean, uh, make, make sense of all of this. And the, you have a responsibility in all of this. So Hebrews chapter number 5. And we're going to read there in verse 12. And the author says here, for when, we, uh, for when the time ye ought to be teachers... Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that uses milk is unskillful in the word, a word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. What the author is saying here is, guys, I mean, we, we've been through basic discipleship, right? Amen. I mean, 90% of the crowd here this morning should be, able, should be able to pick up a basic discipleship book, sit down with somebody else, and go through the verses with them. You, you should know where the books of the Bible is by now. If you've gone through basic discipleship, that is a responsibility on you. And if you're not there yet, it's time to level up. And I know, I know, I mean, there's people sitting in this church five, six, seven, ten years, I don't know how long, and you've never taught a discipleship lesson? I'm not here to rant and rave. It's just the fact. We need more people that can disciple others, right? We need more faithful men that can teach others also. That's how the body grows. And the, and then the author here says, guys, when, when, you, it's when the time came when, when, when somebody want to lean on you to say, hey, hey I mean, we're, we're just too full. We need somebody else to teach. You have to sit in that class and the person needs to teach you again. He says that shouldn't be the case. 
we should move from the babe stage, we need to level up and step into the mature adult stage. We have too many adult Christians that's acting like babes. I'm saying this with all the love that I can. We need to level up. And I'm not saying you need to. I say we need to. I'm in there as well. There are certain things in my life that I look and I'm like, God, I don't know how to do this. And he's like, well, I mean, put on your big boy pants. It's time to level up. And you've got to face this head on. What are you going to do? Turn around and run away? What did David do when he faced Goliath? Guys, everything was against him. Everything. And he stood up and said, Gord, that sounded very loud. Did it just spike? Was it just me? It just God. Ah, God turned the dials. Amen. Amen. <laughs> but everything was against him. If we have all the proof we need, and God knows he worked in my heart this week, all the proof we need in here that God will be with you in troubled times, why do we struggle to believe it? But if we get a WhatsApp message saying, guys, we're going to, it's ESCOM, it's stage eight, gather food, power's going to out, everybody's ranting and raving. But we have, we believe that, but we struggle to believe this. We have everything in this word, word to cling on to in troubled times. Can we need not be more like David? God took most of the men that he, and, and again, as I said, I mean, a lot of times you bring the trouble on yourself. A lot of time God brings it on you. God gives you that opportunity to level up. Very briefly, guys, do you think Noah enjoyed, do you think he was in his comfort zone when God told him build an ark? Not at all. He had 120 years to level up. Do you think when, uh, when, when God told Abram, take your son Isaac, go and sacrifice him, that he was in his comfort zone there? No. No, it was time to level up. Do you think when Moses stood by that burning bush and God, I mean, this voice speaking out of, out of this bush, and I mean, this thing just, it's burning. And God, do you think Moses was there just, yeah, I, I know how this works. That was, that was a time to level up. When, when, when Saul was persecuting David, do you think David just, I mean, just going on about his business? No, there was times to level up. Do you think Paul, and we're going to read that verse later in, in, in the book of 1 Timothy, when he was persecuted and, and, and died and was resurrected, I mean, my goodness, that guy has a, has a story. Do you think he was in his comfort zone all the time? No. So why do we think that we can sit in our comfort zones here on end? Step into a church every Sunday, unchanged, step out and go about our daily business. Maybe that's why we don't grow. Maybe, maybe that's why we're still stuck at, as babes, unskillful in the Word. Because we don't take this, we look at this and we say, Oh God, help me! And, and God's like, what's, what's, what's going on? It's just a little bit of wind. It's just a little bit of wind. Really not a lot going on. And, and yes, I, I do blame a little bit of the society because the society has just... Um, Oh, I don't know how to use this lightly. Um, the society has just absolutely dropped the standard of, of, of kind of manning up. Like, it's not that bad, right? I mean, I stubbed my toe. Yes, there's bleeding. That's okay. That's, that's really okay. If you're 38 or 30 or I don't know what age, if you're a man and you bump your toe and you cry, we might need to look into that, hey? I mean, 
I mean, I, I get that. I mean, if, if, if you break your arm or you're in a massive... I don't know. I mean, there's, there's certain stuff you can cry about, but, but sometimes we need to level up, guys. Get, get a Band-Aid. I mean, rub some dirt on it. I don't know. <laughs> do, do something. But, but crying about it, it's not going to fix it. And there comes time, and, and I'm not speaking just to the guys, but I'm speaking a little bit more to them. It's time to level up. We as men need to stand up, right? Quit you like men. There's sometimes we say, Lord, this is not fair. Lord, this is not nice. God, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm girding up because I can see that this is going to be a battle. I have a flag to follow. God, with you by my side, I can, I can conquer anything. But you see what I just did? I, I took a deep breath. I kind of count the cost. I, I can see this is going to be tough. And you patiently approach this route. Patiently. Guys, leveling up takes patience. Take your Bible and go to the book of Job. I'm going to say Job. Job. To the book of We need a lot of jobs. Job. Job chapter 23. Job, Job chapter 23. And again, I'm not going to give you the whole history of Job. I think by this time, this is probably the story that you hear about in Sunday schools growing up. Job 23, and <clears throat> Job has been discussing with his, uh, what do I call them, They're his counsel, if you would, um, friends, if you can call them that. And, and, and this is just part of the discussion, but I just want to highlight here in verse 7, starting off at verse 7, Job 23 and verse 7. Behold, Job said, I go forth, but he, God, speaking about God, is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. Do you feel that, like that sometimes? You're, you're, do you feel like that sometimes? Amen. Amen. We do. We look around and we're like, God, why are we not answering prayers? Lord, I'm searching for you. That, that, that cloud by, and we're in a flat spin looking around. Lord, I'm, I'm searching for you, but, but where are you? Look how Job approaches us. We usually go and say, God, what's going on? I mean, I need to take off of work. I'm not coming to church. I just have to take some time for myself. I'm not going to come to midweek service. You know what? I'm just going to step out from discipleship a little bit. And God says, but wait. One plus one does not equal 750. One plus one equals two. If all of this happens, where do you find God? Well, at Bethel, at the house of God, right? That's, so, so why don't we go there? Why don't we go to, to the people of God? Because if they have it and they're not in a flat spin, maybe I can rub some shoulders with them. Maybe they can help me. Just take a deep breath and patiently approach this. But Job said here in verse 10, But, but he knoweth the way that I take. Amen. God does. When he hath tried me, and God does, I shall come forth as gold. My foot hath held his steps. His way have I kept and not declined. When an officer gives his soldier an order, you keep that order. It doesn't matter what the circumstances is. You keep that order. We heard that story a, a couple of weeks ago. Where that, uh, please, I mean, if I have the lingo incorrect, but you will probably know what I'm talking about. But that, that one soldier stood in that trench. I don't know how many, uh, what the, the amount of time was, but his officer gave him an order. You stay there and, and you stand post. And that's how we should approach this. Just like Job. I'm not finding God, 
but, but Lord, you gave me an order and I'm just going to tread on that, Lord, slowly but surely, patiently. Look what Job said in verse 16 there. For God maketh my heart soft. Guys, oh, if there's one thing you take this morning, don't let Satan harden your heart. In times of trouble, that's probably the worst that can happen to you. If you just let go and let Satan harden that heart. Because that's exactly the time where everybody steps away. It says, I, I don't feel it anymore. I, I, you know what? I just, I just don't hear God anymore. You know what? I'm reading my Bible, but I'm just not getting any, anything out of it. And Satan whispers and says, just, just leave it, man. So much. You, you need the rest. I mean, life is so busy. Just come Sunday. Just breathe. Hey. Remember that Armand said, be patient. Just be patient. Just, just sit down at house, drink a coffee, watch some TV. You see how he will twist this, this truth. For God, make, verse 16, maketh my heart soft, and the Almighty troubleth me. This was God. And Job realized that. He said, Lord, this is not fun, but I'm buckling up. We're going through this. Can I take, turn your attention to James chapter 1, please? James chapter 1. Oh, I'm struggling to find it. My goodness. There we go. James chapter 1. Again, I say leveling up takes patience. Just like Job, not finding God, going through this heartache, said, Lord, I'm just going to tread on, Lord. You know the way that I'm taking, God. I will not depart from you. You try me as gold. James chapter 1, and read with me there in verse 2. Can I say this? Buckle up if you don't know this verse. James said here, My brethren, count it all what? When ye fall into diverse... Right? Joy, temptation. Those two usually doesn't go together. Joy and temptation. J James, are, are you okay? I mean... <laughs> What's going on here, my man? He says, count it joy. Why? Why? Because he knows there's an opportunity for you to level up. There's an opportunity for you to move closer to God. There's an opportunity for you to get to know God better and step into a deeper relationship with God. Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation. Verse 3, knowing this, not thinking about it, not it might be, Knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patient. Sometimes you just don't have a, uh, any say in this. You'll just have to wait it out. You, ha you can literally do nothing about it. God has put you in that position and you just you have to get the head down and tread on. You'll have to show up Sunday after Sunday for church and midweek. And if you do Bible school and discipleship and witnessing. But know this, that the trying of your faith will in the end produce patience. You'll be able to look at that and say, nah, it's okay. Whew. All right, God, I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you. Sometimes we're feeling like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting. Lord, it's been five minutes. I'm still waiting, Lord. This has not been sorted. God, uh, God, it's been four days now. I'm, I'm still waiting. You know what? God's not working on time. 
A.W. Tozer said, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this, but he said, God doesn't have a watch. We do. God doesn't have a watch. God doesn't care about time. Why should he? He's the creator of it. He, he can manage it, guys. God can manage his own time. And he can manage, and manage yours better than you can. But he says there that the trying of your faith work patience. Verse 4. But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That you may be perfect, that you may, may be mature, that you may be complete, wanting nothing. In this spiritual life, you can get to a point where you are full at peace and, I mean, in your soul, perfectly complete in God. We, know, we all know, and again, if you've been through discipleship, we are, we are also triune, right? We have body, soul, and spirit. And guys, we cannot be perfect in our bodies. I mean, we try. That's why we go to the gym. That's why we eat healthy. That's why we dress up nicely for Sunday, because if we don't, I mean, it'll show our colors. But our body's not saved. Our body's not perfect. Sometimes it will be. But at least I can cling to that to say, Lord, you have perfected my soul. You have washed me in the water by the word. Lord, you have sealed me until the day of redemption, Lord. That he, say, he says there that he may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. The problem with today's sermon here is there's so much to say and so little time. I, I really just, just want to make sure that I, 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 I don't, well, I'm probably going to skip a couple of these things. But anyway, um, I want to say this as well. He says there that the trying of your faith works patience. You know where the word trying comes from and kind of how they use that? When the Pharisees and Sadducees in the old times would take the money, what they, what they would uh, kind of as, 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 as uh, the, the, um, the offerings or the tax or whatever it might be, they would take that and they would examine it to see, what's the word here, to see if they were counterfeit. That's what they would try the money to see if they were counterfeit. Maybe God's trying you to see if you're a counterfeit. Maybe you're sitting in here this morning, you're thinking, God, why am I going through this? And, and God's trying to show you more because He already knows. You know, these tryings of our faith usually shows us more about ourselves and about God than it does to God. Going through trials, it really puts the spotlight on, on, on all your shortcomings and, and all the grace of God. So if, if, if this is true to you, if you're sitting here this morning, you say, sheesh, you're not that. maybe that's right. Maybe, maybe I am a counterfeit. I mean, there's, there's still time for you to be authentic. There's, there's still time for you to, to kind of get on the right side and say, you know what, I, I kind of know the lingo. I, I can talk the language, but sheesh, I, I, I maybe need to get saved. I, I maybe I grew up in a Christian home. I, 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 know, I know I can say God died on the cross for me. I, I know he died for my sins, but is that a truth that has been sunk down in this heart? That, that you, don't, you don't do Christianity, you live Christianity. You are, you are a Christian by, by, by I mean, to the, to the thin fibers of your being. But, but that's where the word tries come from, to see if they are counterfeit. 
Again, back in, back in James, we read here that he says um, in verse 4, But let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect, not a counterfeit, and entire, wanting nothing. That t- brings me to my second point here. Leveling up leads to perfection. Well, eventually, right? Eventually, we'll step into perfection. And I'm, and I'm pointing specifically here to the flesh. We know because we're saved, our, our, kind of our souls are complete in that. How many of you, by show of hands, would classify yourselves as perfectionists? Wow, okay, well, I'm going to skip this point because we're, there's four of us. I'll speak to you guys afterwards. <laughs> but you know what I've picked? <laughs> That's a funny donkey. They're lying. Tony Marianne said they're lying. <laughs> so I'll speak to myself. I am a perfectionist and to the three people that raised their hand. But I'm a perfectionist. And you know what I've picked up? That perfectionism will destroy you. Will absolutely destroy you. And I've picked that up only in the last couple of weeks of my life to say, usually I don't step into something if I know I cannot do it like full on out. And with, with my current work scenario, I'm, quite, um, I'm away from the home a lot. So I like to go to the gym in the morning and then I kind of get back and eat my breakfast and then kind of get the day going from there. Read my Bible, all of that. But, but now when kind of things are a little bit sideways, I picked up that I don't want to go to the gym or jog anymore because I know I can do it tomorrow, but can I do the day afterwards? But, but will I be able to do the day afterwards? So I make my decision for tomorrow based on like five days from now. You know what, yo, I'm, I'm going to pray today because I won't be able to pray tomorrow because I'm going to be away or, or, or I'm going to wake up at five or whatever the case might be. I want to do everything perfectly. And God looks at it and says, I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for consistency. I'm looking for you just to show up. Be obedient. Even if you can't do it perfect, show up consistently. If God says, do something, God, I'm going to do it with the best of my ability. Are you going to mess it up? Yeah, sometimes. Join the club. <laughs> the line's long. But God looks down at that and he says, you know what? I take pleasure in that. I do not take pleasure in somebody that says, I know what I need to do, but I'm not going to do it because of my own imperfections. Because I can't or I, I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it. Armand, what logic is that? I mean, you're not going to get anywhere in life because I won't be able to gym or eat breakfast or read my Bible for the next 150 years every day at the same time. It, it's, we don't have that luxury. So God says, work with what you have. Work with what you have every day. We have to be adaptable. Right? We have to be adaptable. Is there not a, a saying that says, skill, uh, a smooth seas never made a skillful sailor. Does that sailor know when he's heading into the storm, there's a wave, turn left here, go here? No. With his experience, takes him through that. Because he knows, but I've, I've been through this. It's not nice. Not, not even to go through the first time or the hundredth time. It's never nice to go through a storm. But I do have something to fall back on to say, guys, I mean, my experience and what I know about God, he'll work this out patiently taking this and with the, the perfect stamp on my soul, I can look at that and say, God, Lord, if you can that do that, if you can, if you can wash me from my sin and take somebody like me from hell to heaven with a snap of a finger, 
my goodness, Lord, you, you can sort out more than that. I mean, you, you can have a look at my small little in, infinite problems or uh, uh, finite problems. And the last point I want to bring up here in the last couple of minutes we have left here is leveling up brings peace. Leveling up brings peace. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 5. I just want to bring all of this together here. So if you're not patient, work on that. If you're not perfect, work on that. And if you don't have peace, listen to this. Romans chapter 5, and Paul says here, let's start uh, reading there in verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, listen to this, but we glory in tribulations. Doesn't that sound the same like uh, James? But we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation works patience, right? That's what we just said. It works the patience. And patience brings the experience. And experience brings the hope. And hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Have you received the Holy Ghost? Some of you have. But by that statement right there, there are two things we need to have. It's peace with God, and it's the peace of God. Both of those should be in your life if you follow this recipe. Where, where, where the tribulation brings patience, and the patience brings experience, and the experience brings hope. And we have peace with God in verse 11 there. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can, with joy, go through troubled times. You know how hard is that? You know, you know when you go through troubled times joyfully, people look at you and you say, what's wrong with you? What's, what's going on? And, and again, I want to be sensitive there because people have lost loved ones. And, and I mean, there, there are really times where, where, where it's tough and you don't know why God allowed certain things. But a lot of times, we, we overcomplify this. We, we can go through it in, in, in much more simple terms and say, Lord, I can take your promises. And I can kind of wave them high and just say, Lord, you've promised this. And I can have kind of just this, this, this peace of God. And the peace with God is the fact that you got saved. Where you're again not constantly fighting with God, saying, Lord, I'm unsaved, and the Lord says, but you need to get saved, and, and Satan's this side, and, and the Lord's this side, and God keeps on saying, but, but you have to get saved. But Lord, I, 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 I know that you died for me. I didn't ask if you know. Did you believe it? Do you have that in your heart? With the experience, do you fall back on that to say, Lord, th this troubled time, the worst thing that can happen to me is I can die and go to heaven. That's the worst thing that can happen to you. I'm not joking. I mean, if you're saved here this morning, that's the worst thing that can happen to you. It doesn't matter the grief or the, the, or the troubled times you're experiencing. That's the worst that can happen to you. 
So we might as well just say, Lord, well, if that's the worst, I can definitely approach this with joy. Because let's say this thing came full storm and I die. I'm going to go to heaven. And let's, let's say I don't die. I'm going to step out of the, the other side victorious. Lord, because I've, I've applied this. And I want to leave you with, with, with one, one thing that I'm going to read and, and then uh, we, can, we can close off in prayer. God said, if you never felt pain, then how would you know that I'm a healer? If you never went through difficulties, how would you know that I'm a deliverer? If you never had a trial, how could you call yourself an overcomer? If you never felt sadness, how would you know that I'm a comforter? If you never made a mistake, how would you know that I'm forgiving? If you knew all, how would you know that I will still answer your questions? If you never were in trouble, how would you know that I would come to you or rescue? If you never were broken, then how would you know that I can make you whole? If you never had a problem, how would you know that I can solve them? If you never had any suffering, then how would you know that Jesus, uh, what Jesus went through? If you never went through fire, then how would you know to become pure? How would you become pure? If I gave you all things, how would you appreciate them? If I never corrected you, how would you know that I love you? If you had all power, then how would you learn to depend on me? And lastly, if your life was perfect, then what would you need me for? And I think looking to that and approaching the troubled times in life with patience and looking to perfection and resting in peace, would give us a, a way more sustainable view on our lives. A way that we can, in the end, level up. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we can, again, be in your room here today, Father, your house, and open up a word and read from it, God, and be uh, put on a conviction, Lord, and, and be, be prompted, Lord, be pricked to do more. God, I pray that you would uh, let this seed fall on, on good ground, God. I mean, spring forth fruit. Lord, might, might you speak through us through this week, or speak with us through this week, God, and change us. God, please, Lord, don't leave us to ourselves, God. Help us to view this in a better way, God. And, and in the same breath, Lord, please um, uh, put this at the back of our mind and, and kind of prepare us, Lord, for the, for the next sermon to come. We pray this in Jesus' name.